From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Friday, May 26, 2017. Today's show is presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. At DraftKings, every day is a brand new season, especially during the Major League Baseball season, and it's easy. Just fill out your lineup, two starting pitches, three outfielders, and the rest of your infield, and then just follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And in case you didn't know, well, DraftKings has a brand new baseball feature. You're going to love this. It's called Arcade Mode. That's right, Arcade Mode. You pick five hitters and one pitcher. That's it. Go on the DraftKings app, go to Baseball MLB, and pick five hitters and one pitcher, and you can win big money every single night. I tell you this all the time. I do not play regular fantasy baseball anymore because the season is just way too long. I consider myself a pretty good fantasy baseball player, and I like to win. So when I do win, I don't want to have to wait until the end of the season to see my reward. At DraftKings, that is not an issue. Again, put together a different lineup every single day. Put together more than one lineup every single day with a chance to win every single night. And it's not just baseball. DraftKings has something for everybody, even during the Stanley Cup playoffs and NBA playoffs. So what are you waiting for? Go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app and play for free by using my promo code, PICK. That's P-I-C. Welcome to the show on this Friday, May 26th, as we head into Memorial Day weekend. Joining me in studio today is Brandon Wahlberg. What's up, Brandon? Danny, what's going on? Not Thanks much. for having me. Thanks for coming in Absolutely. Uh, on this holiday weekend. I was I was going to ask you, do you have any special plans? But we're both going to be attending Pete Needham's wedding. Pete yep. Needham, my producer, Pete Needham, our friend Pete Needham. Though yeah. maybe just your friend now because I just was informed <laughs> that I was not invited to play golf tomorrow down in Newport. I don't know. Newport, Rhode Island, uh, that's where it's, you know, we're calling that destination wedding, right? Because yeah, you I have would. to go get a hotel. But I was I not would. invited to play golf, I, which I thought, which I, I'm, you know, a little I, rattled about I, right I now to begin the show. I never told you now. I didn't know. I I thought you were invited. I don't yeah. Know. Well, now former producer of the Danny Pagot <laughs> show, Pete Needham, um, I'm a, maybe I won't go to the wedding. Wow. Maybe I won't even go to the wedding. Should I go? Am I, do I have to go to the wedding now if I'm not invited to play golf the, the day before the wedding? I mean, I'd still go. Let me know if you don't. I'll eat your, um, I'll eat your dinner. <laughs> no, too. I'm kidding. I'll be there. I'm, I'm just not sure that Pete's going to be the producer when he gets back. Yeah. But um, <laughs> seriously, you know, I, I, I think that on this Memorial Day weekend, or at least heading into this Memorial Day weekend, um, it's a good time. At least I, the business that I'm in, which mm. is, do you call it sports broadcasting, sports media, sports entertainment, whatever you do. Memorial Day weekend in, in the business I'm in is usually a great time to take a look at the Boston Red Sox and take a look at where they stand. And that's why today I'm giving you a little double duty. Two podcasts Uh-oh. are being released today. Wow. Two. Wow. Two podcasts are being dropped. So we got this. We're going to talk Celtics. We're going to talk NBA playoffs. Celtics season is over. But I just want to let people know that it's double duty today. Because there will also be a second podcast released today 
which is my Memorial Day weekend state of the Red Sox address. And there's a story that I will be addressing that was released earlier this week from Ken Rosenthal of Fox Sports, in which he basically has a couple sources inside the Red Sox organization. And I'm convinced that these sources are players who are basically bashing the manager. And I think it's a terrible look. And I think it's something that needs to be addressed, at least on my end. I have not addressed that yet. Uh, So I'm going to get into that. I'm going to talk about the David Price stuff. I'm going to take a look at where the Red Sox stand here, heading into Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I'll do that on the second podcast of the day today. So two podcasts today. Wow. Double duty. Doing it for the people. Heading into Memorial Day weekend. Working hard. So what's up, Brandon? Um... Celtic season is over. Yeah, tough loss. When did you time. check out of this season, though? Uh, probably after game two. I was kind. I'm with you. It was just, but I mean, I'm not down on them. I still think the season was a success, but it was just kind of rough to watch. But I'm glad they won game three. Well, wait, did you check out after game two because of the way they lost, or because of the announcement that Isaiah Thomas would be done for the rest of the season, or both? Uh, more the way they lost. I mean, losing Isaiah is a big loss, but you could tell that he was—he knew that he was hurting them by playing hurt. Because when you play the way he plays, you really got to be 100%. You got to—the way he attacks the rim and has to go up against the bigger bodies. Mm. He, he's really got to be 100%. And But, you know, I purposely didn't watch Game 3 because I had a little superstition going on. Maybe, you didn't watch Game 3? Nope. I was like, maybe they'll win if I don't watch. So, And they did. But all this— is Isaiah tradable now? It, it's crazy to me. I mean, smart. I love the guy. Great player. He's probably gives it his all more than anybody on the team. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to shoot 7 for 10 from three often. And not many people are. 7 for 10, 70%. That's insane. So that game shouldn't make anybody feel like they should trade Isaiah. No. I, I, Reggie Miller said during that game three Celtics win, and I, I guess just to – close it out here the you know the Celtics lost game five last night on Thursday night at the TD Garden the score was 135 to 102 what LeBron didn't even play the fourth quarter this was a blowout this was the type of blowout that I expected coming into this game uh given the fact that Isaiah Thomas was out and and we knew would be out for the rest of the series but because of this game five loss the Cavaliers win the series in five games and the Cavs now go to the NBA Finals to take on the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. Game 1 is not until next Thursday, and uh, that Game 1 is going to be in Golden State. But, you know, you go back to that Game 3 win, and the way the Celtics won that game, you know, Marcus Smart with the game he had, but Jonas Jerebko, I thought was a difference maker just because of his attitude. The big sweep. His attitude, yeah. more than anything. He was pushing people. He was getting in guys' faces. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, but the, I, I heard Reggie Miller say in that game three, he said, this is a direct quote. He said, this isn't a knock on Isaiah Thomas, but the Celtics are a more dangerous team right now because they're able to spread the ball all around the court. And... In fairness to that comment, the Celtics were spreading it out. You know, they were spreading it around. Everybody yeah. was getting their touches. Everybody was getting their shots. But at the same time, you can't use that and say the Celtics in general are a more dangerous team. No. You can't no. do that because they're not. They're not a more dangerous team. So when I look back at this series, 
I kind of checked out after game two as well. Wasn't necessarily because of the way they lost, and it was an absolute blowout. It was what the score was 130 to 86. Isaiah Thomas only had two points in 18 minutes. Obviously, the injury there with the hip, you know, put him out for the rest of the playoffs, they said. It's because they lost Isaiah where I said to myself, the Celtics are not gonna 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 even yeah. make this thing interesting. Now, coming in, I think we talked about it before they even made it to the second round. Yeah. Was that we didn't think if if they did get to the Easter Conference Finals, we didn't think that they would beat Cleveland. No. No. And nobody thought they would beat Cleveland. No. But I at least thought if Isaiah Thomas was healthy, the Celtics would absolutely put up a fight to the point where they would make this thing interesting, and I did say that the Cavaliers would win it in six. I thought the Celtics would be able to split at home, and then I thought they'd be able to split in Cleveland. If Isaiah Thomas is healthy, who knows? I still think that would be able to happen. But you look at game three without Isaiah, and the Celtics get that win. And you look at LeBron James. What do you have, 11 points? Yeah. You have 11 points in that game? Yeah. What did you think of LeBron in that one? What did you think happened with LeBron? Did people, there's whispers that maybe he was suffering from flu-like symptoms. Uh, there was some injury concerns. What, what's your theory on why LeBron didn't want to take that? Because you watch the game, you're like, oh, he doesn't even want to take this game. He doesn't want to take yeah, it over. I think it was more he kind of saw the game getting away from them once the Celtics started that comeback, and he figured, you know what? Let him take one. We'll win it in five. Because I felt like he saw that the energy was so far with the Celtics that it really, he was like, he conceded one game. But that game three, what, what Reggie Miller said going back to that point, I equate that to a, like a rookie quarterback in the NFL that has a hot start in his first few games because there's not really film on him. When you're preparing for the Celtics, who's the one guy? Isaiah, the guy that's scoring 30 points a game. So the Cavs were prepped. For Isaiah, stop Isaiah first, and no one else can really create their own shot. And so once they the Celtics come in with without Isaiah, a whole different game plan. It's the Cavs weren't really used to it. That's how I feel. The game three really came together. You know what my theory is on game three, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the way the Celtics played without Isaiah Thomas, because clearly they were hitting big shots. Uh, they were fighting the way we're used to seeing them fight, but. You know, you go back to the regular season. When they were missing Isaiah Thomas, I think it was in the month of March, they just barely beat, was it was it Brooklyn? They just barely beat, and then the next game they lost to Philly. They yeah, had a two-game stretch yeah. there where they really showed what type of team they were without Isaiah Thomas. And without Isaiah Thomas, I think it's very fair to say, and I think this is basically fact. That's It's not even opinion. Without Isaiah Thomas in the regular season, this Celtics team would have 25 wins and wouldn't even be in the playoffs. 20 wins. They wouldn't be in the playoffs. So now they have 53 because of Isaiah. It's foolish to say they're a better team without him. And I don't want to take anything away from the Celtics team that won a game against Cleveland in Cleveland without Isaiah. But when you watch LeBron have that type of performance, and then you see how this thing finishes out. And I know Kyrie Irving had an absolute game for himself in Game 4. Yeah, But I mean, and I usually don't think this about professional athletes, I think especially the best ones, I think they go into every game trying to win. But mm. if there is anybody as douchey, that's a big enough <laughs> douchebag to, to, to say to himself, I'm going to take a game off because let's get a loss out of the way. Let's get a loss out of the way. Let's not go into the finals with this undefeated streak. Let's get a loss out of the way. 
If there's anyone whose personality might fit to the point where they'd be willing to sacrifice a game, it's LeBron James. Like, I I usually don't feel this way about pro athletes. I usually see this stuff and, and say, that doesn't happen. Every guy goes into every game with one goal, and that's to win. But if there's anybody who would go into a playoff game and say to himself, eh, I'm not going to take over because, to be honest, I think getting a loss out of the way would, would would take some pressure off us going into the finals. If there's anybody that would do that, it's LeBron James. Honestly, <laughs> it would. It could be. I don't think he went into Game 3 thinking that. I think he just saw where it was going at a point and just said, you know what, whatever. Because I, I honestly don't think he wanted to lose. I think he wanted to go in undefeated against Golden State as well and just see – I don't know that the undefeated, I don't think that, I, I, here's what LeBron James wants. He puts the finger up last night in game five, number one, because he surpasses Michael Jordan. What, in postseason? finals appearances, and you know, no, postseason wins. Post, is it? Was it postseason points? I think it was oh, po- maybe, he hit yeah. that three, he puts the one up. Honestly, that, that number right there, that stat doesn't put him over Michael Jordan in my eyes. I no. think it's going to be about, it's going to be about championships and and ultimately longevity in this league mm-hmm. at, at, to stay healthy, I, I think that's what this is. That's what this thing is going to be about for him. And I think I kind of think he feels the same way. I don't think he feels like he needed to go undefeated because I think he's realistic to a point where he knows they're going to play Golden State and they're going to lose a couple of games. Like they're not going to go sweep the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors didn't get worse this past off season. They got a whole lot better. I think he knows that. So I think. To take that pressure away from them to try and stay undefeated, I just think that that was something that maybe was in his mind. I know he's not going to admit that, but if we're trying to come up with theories as to what happened in Game Three, okay, everybody has a set. You know, everybody who can see that game was a set of eyes knows that LeBron James took something off his game in that one. Yeah. Whether he was sick, whether he was banged up, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I honestly think that if there's anybody that is a big enough douchebag to <laughs> has that type of personality. It's LeBron. And and I say that being someone that usually defends LeBron. I, I think sometimes things get blown out of proportion, but I also think LeBron has this personality where he knows what's being said about him. He knows the type of response things are gonna get. And he does things to get a response. I think I think he loves it. I think he feeds off that. Um so I think he loves the drama. And I think he's He's somebody that would absolutely have a mindset of, we know we're going to crush the Celtics without Isaiah Thomas the rest of this series. Yeah. We don't want, I don't want this pressure over us that we have to be under this undefeated perfect team going up against the Golden State Warriors. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a game off. I, I mean, I, it, it, I, I would never think that any player would be able to do that, but I think the circumstances were such where there was no Isaiah. He saw a very beatable Celtics team. He knew they weren't going to lose. Yeah, Everybody did. And look, because there was no Isaiah, I think that's why he felt that way, mainly. And because there was no Isaiah, I'm with I checked out after game two. I Look, I was excited after the game three win, but in no way was I looking at that going, here we come. Mm-hmm. Here we come. I wasn't. So now with the Celtics season over, uh, the question, yeah, I don't think we should spend too much time looking back at this series and thinking what went wrong because we know what went wrong. They yeah. went up against the best player in the world, yeah, and they lost. The Celtics lost their best player in Isaiah Thomas. 
The question is, where do you go now? What do you do moving forward? So, Brandon, I'm going to put you in Danny Ainge's shoes, and I'm going to ask you, what would you do with the Boston Celtics? You have the number one overall pick. You got Brooklyn's pick next year, which very well could be number one overall. What You got, you know, this Memphis pick is is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's top five protected. As well. Who knows if uh, it, what Memphis Who knows? But you got some young players. You got Isaiah Thomas, who's going into the last year of his contract, who's going to be having... Ma- is he going to be having surgery? Is he not going to be having surgery? We'll see what happens with that. Um, what are you What are you going to do? You're Danny Ainge. What is your strategy with the Boston Celtics this offseason? Well, what I would do first off is make the pick because you could always trade it later on like the Cavs did with Wiggins for Kevin Love. So I, t- I just make the pick. I take Fultz because he's the number one guy on the board. Mm-hmm. Um. You try to sign Hayward, and then see where you go from there. I mean, how? What's it gonna cost to get Butler, or what's it gonna cost? Just throw it out there, but Drummond or someone like that, because they could really use a big man. They really need rebounding, and just see where you go from there. Just I think you make Jalen Brown your sixth man. You get his minutes up this year. You, you can't pick and choose when you're gonna play him. Brad just has to let him grow now, because. He's a huge part of the future. That's how you try to win now, but grow the guy there too. And if you keep Fultz, do the same thing with him. Either have him start at the two or have those two be the first two guys off the bench. Yeah, I, I think they're going to keep Fultz. I don't think they're going to trade the pick at all. No. And, um, I would just try to sign Hayward and try to get a big man. You know, if that takes... Because you gonna if you take well, Fultz, you're gonna have to move on. Bradley or Smart, one of them is gonna have to go. Just wait a minute. There's not gonna be enough playing time. Well, are you gonna have to trade Isaiah Thomas? I, I've I've been saying this since, you know, we were looking at Brooklyn's record in December, thinking that this could be a lottery pick. We were looking at the college game, going, okay, the at least three of the top five. Players in the draft are projected to be point guards. We yeah. saw Lonzo Ball. We saw Markel Fultz. We, we we heard about these guys, and we saw how they basically put themselves in position to be number one and number two overall in the draft. And I've been saying since, you know, d- the middle of the season that if you're going to get a top pick and you're going to be committed to making that pick and it's going to be a point guard, that's not going to make Isaiah Thomas too happy. And, in fact, not trading that pick at the deadline didn't make Isaiah Thomas happy. He, in fact, he was frustrated. He showed those frustrations in like post game yeah. press conferences. He called out Crowder. He even called out Brad Stevens at one point, not knowing what they're doing after a couple tough losses right after the trade deadline. Isaiah Thomas was frustrated, and I kind of think rightfully so. Um, he is not going to be happy if you make a pick for a point guard and pass up on opportunities to maybe trade that pick to bring in. And I know people now say, well, it's number one overall. You can't use that trade on someone like Jimmy Butler. Um, You know, you can't trade that much to get Jimmy Butler when it's number one overall. But if Isaiah Thomas sees that that's a possibility and you don't make that move, he's going to be looking at this going, well, why would I re-sign with you? Yeah. Like, and, and that's why I think people get so caught up in this argument going, well, can Fultz and Thomas play together? And when people say, yes, they can play together, I go, you're probably right. 
These people are probably right. They probably can play it together. But here's the problem. Is Isaiah Thomas going to want to stick around for this, what seems to be a project full of young kids, yeah. when you have LeBron James here, seemingly not really going anywhere. So, so if you're Isaiah Thomas, you have a decision to make as well. And I think people forget that. People forget that, you know, he has some say. And mm. if he sees the Celtics doing things that aren't helping them win right now and get better next year and try to contend with Cleveland, why would you stick around? Because who knows? Maybe there are some pretty good offers from, you know, I, I don't know. Is there a team out there that, that might be looking to, to add him that could help that's, get him to where he wants to go? That's the only reason why I, I don't think the Celtics should consider trading because what are you going to get back? If you trade him to contender, would, they're not going to give you one of their big value players because then that just it cancels out kind of. And what are you going to get? A, a first rounder for him? What's it going to be, 28, 29? You're not if you trade Isaiah, you're you're not gonna get fair value. It's gonna be like the Kings trading Boogie to New Orleans for Tyreek Evans, Buddy Hale, and number ten overall. I mean, you just I think it's worth the risk of keeping him, even if you take fault. And if he wants to walk at the end of next season, I, I think yeah, I just... take a late first round pick over him walking though, wouldn't you? I... You're gonna you're not you're gonna pass up. Because you could essentially package a pick with something else to move up. I mean, I don't think you can let this guy... You struck gold with Isaiah Thomas. And and I've been on the record saying I'd prefer to see the Celtics keep Isaiah Thomas, sign him to an extension, and sort of build around him. You know, but, but maybe the conversation isn't trading this year's number one overall. I mean, maybe the conversation then gets to a point where if you're Danny Ainge, you need to look at it and go, all right, we really want to take Fultz um, and we really want to keep Isaiah. So how can we keep, how can we take Fultz at number one overall and keep Isaiah Thomas happy to the point where he'll want to stick around? Is signing Gordon, Gordon Hayward enough? Or do we take next year's Brooklyn pick, dangle that and go, they're not getting any better. Yeah. This is going to be number one overall possibly next year. Mm-hmm. And use that and package a player like a Crowder or a Bradley and, and maybe a couple other picks and use that to get, you know, maybe then you can bring in a Drummond. I don't know. Yeah. Like, like maybe you could do that. I think, I think that's perfect because then you have Fultz and Brown, six and seven off the bench. And you have that satin lineup that's ready to go and compete with Cleveland. I mean, I think that's the perfect scenario. It's just, are you going to be able to do that now? Are people going to be willing to bite on that next year's pick? Because they weren't willing to this year for some reason, even though they knew it was well, going to be were top they, four. Or was they, well, were they not willing to bite? Or was Danny Ainge not willing to bite on packaging someone like Crowder or Bradley? See, I... Crowder has always been tradable to me. And I don't know about you, but uh, this year's playoffs just got me thinking a little bit more about what you actually have in him. And uh, I just, if I'm Danny Ainge, there's no way I say to any team, you can't have Jay Crowder. That's crazy. I I think you need to now, if you're going to make the pick, and and look, I'm still open on trading this year's number one overall pick. I know you say they're going to make it. Oh, I you, think they, I'm open to trading, oh, you it, but I, I just think they're going to take it. I think they're going to pick Okay, well, I think Danny Ainge should shop the pick. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to make the deal, but I say you shop it. I mean, I say you get nuts. I say you call New Orleans. Yeah. 
Yeah. I say you call the Pelicans and say, Anthony Davis, what's it going to take? We'll give you this. We'll give you next year's first round pick, and here we go. Mm-hmm. We sign Isaiah Thomas to an extension, and here we go. I mean, you get that big down there, and the Cavaliers don't, you know, feel like they can't have their way with you. Driving to the hoop, Kyrie Irving can't finish and have his way, finish it around the hoop. Maybe you got a yeah. different game four. Maybe you got a different series with Isaiah Healthy. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, things like that. I would get nuts with that pick to the point where I'm shopping that pick. But if you can't get that type of deal, I think what you then need to do is start focusing on next year's Brooklyn pick and start shopping that thing and saying, this is going to be number one. I mean, look at Brooklyn. Yeah. Here's my question with the Brooklyn Nets. Are they going to do anything to improve their team for next year? Like, is there an opportunity for them to improve? Are there players in their organization that are ready to come up and I, do something crazy to the point where they're going to get out of the basement of the Eastern Conference and the NBA? I could see them. The one thing I could see them doing to get better, and it still wouldn't, it would still keep them bottom three in the East, would be throwing a huge max contract, max amount of years at Paul Millsap. And no one else matching it, and him just going and taking the money. That's the only thing I could see to make them better. And that's that's still, not going to happen. He's not going to go there. That's still well, he's going to go somewhere else. If if you never know, I know if Millsap is going to want to go somewhere else. He kind of had a taste of a good team, right? He had a taste of a very good team. Yeah. He's had a taste of All Star status. He's had a taste of winning. Millsap is going to go. You know where Millsap's going to go? San Antonio. Millsap's going to be in San Antonio. That's what's going to happen. If they can afford him, that'd be a nice fit. That's where he's going. He's going to San Antonio. If he doesn't go to San Antonio, you know where he's going? Cleveland or Golden State. (laughs) No way. No way. That that guy's not taking a pay cut like that. He's still in a a stage where he can get a max deal. No, he's... Well, yeah, but... He's an all-star. Yeah, but he's early 30s, right? Yeah, but that's... He's in his 30s. That's why I'm saying He wants to win. That's why I think... He can get money and win somewhere, is what I'm saying. He can yeah. get enough money and a chance to win. He could, but I don't know what team right. that's ready to can win. Can we at least agree he's not going to go to Brooklyn? Let's just get back to Brooklyn for a minute. I give Brooklyn a five because, percent chance. All right, <laughs> what's Brooklyn? They have their own first round pick yeah. in 2019, right? Yeah. What do they see? What if you're Brooklyn they right see now? Zion Williamson. Oh doesn't. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> that's no what doubt. Looking at Brandon, there's no yeah. question about it. What? Well, why wouldn't you if you're them? Yeah. If you're Brooklyn. You've spent all this time. You gave up your first-round picks for three straight years. Oh, and terrible. it's Jalen Brown. It's Markel Fultz. Who the fuck knows who it's going to be next yeah. year? Um, You know, then you're like, all right, 2019 pick is going to be ours again. Yeah. Why would we improve to the point where that pick is then going to be like 15, 14, <laughs> 15 overall? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. If you're Brooklyn, this is you're, – you're tanking – it's unfortunate that you're helping the Celtics when you tank this year, but you're also tanking the year after that to the point where you're getting Zion Williamson or yeah. you're doing everything you can right now to get him. Yeah. Because is do you believe Zion Williamson is that next guy who's going to be like the LeBron type? Where, because I can't recall, and I know these kids all dominate in high school, but I can't recall seeing videos of Fultz and Ball dominating in high school no. or Josh Jackson no, or, and- or Tatum. And he, he looks, his build looks like LeBron in high school. Yeah. The way LeBron was just, they aired LeBron's games. On ESPN. And, yeah, when he was in high school. And, and he was a man among boys. You could just, he was built like a foot, like an NFL player. And and he just, 
Uh, he just put in the so work he's and became a senior, what Zion he Williamson's a senior in high school next year. Yes. They are going to be broadcasting his games on ESPN I next year. I believe so. You know that? Yeah. And you know what they're going to do then? They're going to be building him up so much to where he is. they're going to crown him the next big thing. That's how much he's dominating the high school level. That's how physically dominant he is. Now, you could say, well, maybe he can't shoot. Was when you when we watched LeBron in high school on ESPN, was he out there burying threes? No, no. he wasn't. In he was out game. there just, just bigger than everybody, stronger than everybody. Yeah. He had some nice passes. He had great athleticism, but he was throwing them down. Yeah, he was. You know, he had the ball handle. He was jumping he was, center and playing point guy. Yeah, <laughs> jumping center and bringing blocking the ball. shots. Yeah. Zion Williamson. I'm not saying he's going to be LeBron. But he has given us a glimpse at the high school level to be something that's as close to the LeBron type that we've seen yeah. when it comes to potential NBA takeover when he gets here. Here's mm-hmm. the difference. He's going to have to go go to college. Yeah. If you look at the teams that have made him an offer, at least from what I've seen, he hasn't picked yet. But it's yeah. pretty—I sorry, list. It's everybody. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's no one. Yeah. I, I don't think I saw—I don't think I saw Duke on there, but it's everybody else. Yeah. And that could be coming. Yeah. Um, who knows? But Easton Nazarene and Quincy sent him a Everybody. <laughs> everybody. So, I mean, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, are you looking to improve for next season or the, even the season after that? If you are, you're an idiot in Brooklyn. Yeah. Because right now, you've given up your first-round pick, which were lottery picks, gonna top three picks for three straight years to the Celtics. And then when you finally get it back... You don't want to have a lottery pick? No, no, no. Right now, if you're Brooklyn, you're playing a tank the next two seasons. You're playing for Zion Williamson. That is all you should be doing. And if that is what they're going to do, which should, which is logical thing to do, that is great news for the Celtics because that means that means next year's Brooklyn pick is potentially yeah. going to be number one overall. Yeah. And if and you're Danny Ainge, when you're on the phone this summer, right, yeah. you're telling that exact plan to other teams. Do you see Zion Williamson? Do you see what Brooklyn's trying to do? This Brooklyn pick next year, they're not trying to improve. They are not bringing a Millsap. They are going to be trying to tank the next two years. And you can have this pick. And I think you need to play it up like that if you're Danny Ainge. You have to. Because, you know, if you're going to be committed to taking Fultz, then something needs to be done to convince Isaiah Thomas to want to stay. And I think that's something is to take next year's Brooklyn Brooklyn pick and maybe even package it with Crowder. Package it with... I mean, I've told you Smart's untouchable. Um, but, I mean... Either him or Bradley you got, has I, to I, go. Look, you got you to gotta, to keep Isaiah Thomas. Yes. If, the, if the ordeal is, all right, we need to do something to keep Isaiah Thomas around, I really want to keep him around. So I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do that. Okay. Um, I think that's the strategy the Celtics need to have. Shop this year's number one overall pick. See if you can get nuts. Communicate with the Pelicans and say, what's it going to take to get Anthony Davis? If they laugh and hang the phone up on you, move Which on. I think they will. <laughs> All right, fine. But you got to try, Brandon. Yeah. Like, you uh, got yeah, to right. try. Absolutely right. So it's really about next year's Brooklyn pick. Um, If you're at Chicago, and we're getting back to your boy, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. It's going to come up again. Yeah. And Paul George is... Paul George is going to the Lakers. Yeah, you don't I, even I wouldn't want to. Let's even forget make about that Paul deal. George. I, he is Paul George is not coming to the Celtics. If he does, I'd be absolutely shocked because I just get this sense that he wants to go to L.A. Yeah. And you see these players who want to go to L.A. And we'll get to Lonzo Ball in a minute. But 
they want to go and they're gonna they're gonna force themselves they're gonna force the Lakers to take them. Um, that's basically what it comes down to. I think the Lakers will take them. I think Magic Johnson is gonna take these guys. The, the, these guys are not Paul George is not coming to the Celtics. But Jimmy Butler, if you are Chicago, do you entertain moving Butler to the Celtics for next year's Brooklyn pick? Or is that with a, with maybe a Jay Crowd and a couple other players? Or is that not doable? I would absolutely entertain it because then, I mean, if if you trade Butler, Wade Wade's gonna leave, and so then you're starting. You could be looking at if you're Chicago, you could be looking at two picks in the top three next year. If you trade Butler to the Celtics, Wade leaves. Who do you really have? I mean, you probably ship Lopez out too at that point to a another team that mm-hmm. needs a big. Maybe Lopez comes with Butler as part of that deal. Um, I, I would absolutely because then you right there you have your rebuilding set up right there. You're gonna have two top three or four picks. Well, because you're gonna have Brooklyn's and Chicago's gonna stink if Butler and Wade are gone. And they're gonna get their own pick. Yeah, their own with, pick with Brooklyn. With Brooklyn's pick, so they might have. They might have two opportunities yeah. to get number one overall. Yeah. Gives them a better chance. And who knows? They could have one and two. They could have yeah. one and two. <laughs> yeah. um, which then also increases the trade value of, of one of those picks. Yeah. Uh, so if you're in Chicago, I think you're going to listen. I, I think what I would question is if I put myself in the Bulls' shoes and the Celtics call me, I think I'd have a tough time giving up Jimmy Butler if it meant not seeing this year's number one overall. Mm-hmm. In return, I think if I'm Chicago, I initially would say, nope, not going to happen unless you give us Fultz, you give us this pick, number one overall. Um, and if you can't get that done, maybe you play hardball and you eventually come back to the Celtics and say, okay, well, next year's Brooklyn pick, along with a couple other future picks and maybe a couple players. Yeah. And maybe maybe we're talking. Mm-hmm. But I guess, is it is it one or the other? Is it like, you sign Gordon Haywood, and that's off the table? Or could you potentially try to do both? Sign Gordon Haywood and make a trade with you Jimmy Butler? Def- and maybe keep the number one overall pick. Like, is that is that too much to ask? Is that just too much to accomplish? Is that living in a dream world to no, be able to it, do all three of those things? It can definitely be done because that's how they went about uh, – that's how Cleveland went about getting LeBron back because LeBron didn't sign until after the draft, so they took Wiggins. Signed LeBron, and then they traded for Love, which brought them over the salary cap. But since it was a trade and the, they evened out, then you can do that. You just have to, but to to make that work, you'd have to take, you'd have to pick Fultz as your own. Mm. So the trade wouldn't happen on draft night, but it could be it, like okay, this is how we're gonna work. If if you were to trade this number one pick, it'd be like Chicago. All right, Chicago, who do you want us to take? Which would be Fultz. This is what's gonna happen. Wait, what? would you trade Fultz for for Butler? I'm saying if that's what it was to be. No, I, here's what I'm saying. You're Could, saying 2018. Well, yeah, you just have to wait till you already signed Hayward. So you got him, and you're still under the cap. Then you just make the salaries work with Butler trade. So Crowder, whoever else. And all right, depend- then then I I guess my main question is just, can the Celtics put together a deal that's good enough that doesn't include this year's number one overall pick? I think they can. They can. I absolutely think they can, because they they have a bunch of picks. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Clippers this off season? They get the Clippers first round pick, I think, 
2019, I want to say. And that it's... And they could trade that. They yeah. could trade the Memphis pick. Yeah. They got pieces to deal to still make a blockbuster trade, is what you're saying, without giving up this year's number one overall pick. Yeah. Well, we've been so set on, on trading this pick, I think the closer we get to next year, the, the, the more likely it is that we're all now seeing that, and the rest of the league should see too, and the Bulls should see it, that next year's Brooklyn pick's got to be pretty damn good. Yeah. Could be number one overall. And if you actually want to sell and tank, well, where do you think Wade's going? I, I think he could go back to Miami. You think so? I think he could, but I I think it all depends on. I think he could leave either way, even if Butler stays in Chicago. But if Butler's gone, Wade's gone too. I don't think there's any way he's staying. Cleveland, even possibly. Wade could end up back with LeBron. Who knows? Because Miami just worked out a deal with Chris Bosh where they're letting him go. They worked out their mm. money with him. So that opens up a lot of cap space for them. But. I mean, who knows? Wade and Bosch could go meet up with LeBron in Cleveland. All right, so here's one. Here's what I don't want to happen. I I, I don't want. I don't want like if the Celtics take Fultz mm-hmm. and they keep Isaiah and they don't add anyone else. Are we going to be back in the same spot this time next year talking <laughs> about how Cleveland just beat us? All right, maybe the series was a little bit more competitive, but. Cleveland and Golden State again in next year's finals. Like, are we are Brandon? They haven't even begun this year's finals, <laughs> and yet, is it is it crazy for us to think that we should already put these two teams in next year's NBA finals too? Like, what is that's, there's something wrong with the league if, that's if we're doing this? The right? Odds favorite in Vegas right now. Next year's final, they're probably the odds favorite. But I mean, who knows what happens in between the time between that time? You know. Something could happen. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I just if the Celtics are gonna make moves, they better make moves. I I, I don't think they can just take this pick. If to me, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna make this pick and not add anyone else, I do think you should entertain trading Isaiah Thomas. Like if yeah. you're gonna go with the kids, and then go all then go all in with the kids. Mm-hmm. All right, do it because he's Isaiah Thomas is not gonna stick around if you don't get him some help. No, he's not. And I don't expect Markel Fultz to step in and be dominant right away. Do you? No. I, I could see him getting like 15, 16 a game rookie year, though. I mean, the, the way the way he's been hyped. I'll be honest. I haven't seen him play once. I haven't seen him. You haven't I, seen him play once? I haven't seen a Washington game <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Year. Isn't it crazy? But, like, I, I've seen him play a couple times. But I've. Three. I'm going to go with three. And I didn't even watch at least one of those games. I didn't even watch. Didn't even really watch the game. I like put it on. It was a, like obviously they play late night. There's late night games. Yeah. For the most part, let's just call it. We watch Markel Fultz highlights. Can we just say yeah, that? That's, that's what I've we do. Seen highlights. We I've see highlights the of them. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just it do, it does concern me still. This idea that Markel Fultz is not able to take his team that they weren't able to get to the NCAA tournament. Because I go back to, all right, who's that guy that you're going to draft that's going to be the elite player in your franchise and that's going to dominate for you in the NBA? And I do go back to that LeBron type. And I know that's asking a lot because yeah. those types don't come around that often. You might get one in a Zion Williamson that's as close as maybe we've seen to, to, being able, to be able to be physically compared to LeBron in high school. But 
that guy that's going to take over. I, I go back to LeBron. If LeBron did it did a year in college, okay, would he not make the NCAA tournament? Like, I just find it hard to believe <laughs> that, that, that LeBron James would have even come close to missing out on the NCAA tournament. There's no way. He might have won the whole damn fucking thing. He might have, yeah. But I think it would have been... If LeBron went to Akron, he would have won. He would have won the division, no problem, and got that automatic bid. But I mean, you think if he went to a Pac-10 or an, well, uh, if he went to a place like that, he would have been going to a, one of the top schools. Like okay, like Fultz went to Washington sure. because he's from there. The team stunk. Ben Simmons went to LSU because his stepdad or his dad, I forget what it was, was on the coaching staff. The team stunk, and they they got to play the the UCLA's and the. That Ben Simmons got to play the Kentuckys and all those guys, so it's a tougher route. I mean, he's still Fultz is still putting these numbers up against the top competition. I mean, he's still doing. I heard somebody say the other day, "Well, Fultz didn't play against the competition that Lonzo Ball did." So they're in the same yeah. conference. It's the Pac-12. The difference is Lonzo Ball. Pac-12 is the Pac-10. Yeah. Well, it's the Pac-12 now. Yeah. Oh, I'm but, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologize but, for the college basketball well, you corrected, you corrected me. No, I'm correcting myself. Uh, you cor- you corrected me, and I'm acknowledging your oh, correction okay. sorry, of myself. Sorry. Come on. Sorry. But Lonzo Ball's got guys on his team, other potential first-rounders. Fultz has got guys they are going to be lucky to be playing in the Ukraine next year. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's a different – and nobody's LeBron. I mean, LeBron, no, LeBron could have probably won the whole thing by himself. No, I just I, I like to use that comparison because I, I just always I, I find it hard to believe that these kids are so good. We expect them to step in the NBA and dominate, and yet they can't they can't get their team into the NCAA tournament. And I know the argument that you just made, the competition that they're playing, and they're still putting up numbers, and they go to these schools, and maybe their teams aren't that good. And I did watch Ben Simmons with LSU a little bit more than I watched Fultz. Yeah, same. But and and you did see like. All right, defensively, that LSU team was as I watch some games, I'm like, this is this team is as bad <laughs> as I've ever seen defensively, and so maybe you, you know, you, you give them the benefit of the doubt with that. But it's an interesting conversation that sometimes I just have with myself, and I think back, well, what if LeBron James did a year of college? How would that look? Would there even be a chance that he'd miss out on the NCAA tournament? But um, that said, we're talking about Fultz. We mentioned Ball. Lonzo Ball's not going to work out for the Celtics. That's a great thing for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's, the Celtics are not... Even if the Celtics had number two and, and whoever was number one took Fultz, they wouldn't take Ball at two, no. right? Like, they would just... You avoid that at all costs, yeah. right? I'll take Josh Jackson or Tatum over him anyway. I mean, I'm thinking of Josh Jackson number one overall. I've thought the same thing, too. And t- t- Tatum's right there, too. Tatum... I mean, probably last year when he was still in high school, they were thinking he might be the number one. I mean, this is a good draft. There's a lot of good players. I mean, if the Celtics could even move back and get some more assets and take Jackson or Tatum, but I don't I don't see that happening. Here's what I do see them trying to do, though, because the reports that Lonzo Ball won't work out for the Celtics, but good news for the Celtics is that Ball is going to work out for the 76ers, which means, all right, Philly's got number three overall. The Lakers have number two. If the Lakers really want Lonzo Ball at number two, if you're the Celtics, you tease that you're still thinking about taking him. So expect those rumors to come out. But you also now tease that you're going to trade with Philly because they're going to take Ball because they want that guy. They want that franchise point guard. 
And then the Lakers say, uh-oh, no, no, no. What do we got to do? And if you're the Celtics, you say, all right, we'll swap picks. You take one. We'll take two. But you also have to give us Julius Randle. Like, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and maybe they don't give up Randall, but maybe you get a future pick along with it, and yeah. you set yourself up. You're still getting Fultz at two. I guess what you would risk is that the Lakers maybe, uh, who knows, maybe they, they play you, and they say we're going to take ball. They and get they up to one, Fultz, yeah. and they take Fultz. Because, so it's a dangerous game there. Yeah. You've got to be careful if you're the Celtics. But there's definitely, you know, you're definitely going to get a certain vibe at least in the weeks leading up to the draft, that the Lakers are, are zoning in. Uh, they're, they're focusing on one guy. I think it's going to be Lonzo Ball. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work out for them, but that's their guy, and I'm just glad that's their guy, and it's not the Celtics guy. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, just thank God he's not going to work out for the Celtics, and thank God he's not going to be in this town because I wouldn't be able to deal with his father. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't want to listen to him. The guy's an idiot. The guy's a moron. Um, I don't know why people even interview him anymore. Uh, it's just, it's foolish. The big ball of brand, you're not going to buy those sneakers, right? No. No. I mean, people kill the Curry sneakers. They look just like the Curry sneakers, but they're $500. And foolish. I mean, I, I, I don't mind the sneakers personally, but $500, are you, are you kidding me? I, I wouldn't buy them for two. Maybe if they were 100 But I mean, like, I don't hate the sneakers, but it's just... Oh, so you kind of do like... You do you like mind. what they you like what they how they look? Yeah, I don't mind them, but this is five hundred dollars. Are you insane? Yeah, not gonna do that. All right, well, let's enough Lavar Ball talk. Yeah. I, I hope <laughs> You're I already giving him too much. Time. I, I'm already giving him too much time. That's what he wants. Um, let's wrap it up with this: the NBA Finals. They begin next Thursday. Cavaliers, Warriors. Game one in Golden State. Golden State is a six and a half point favorite in Game One. What what do we got? What do we got? Is Kevin Durant the ultimate difference maker? Or is LeBron James just on a mission? Is Kyrie Irving just, you know, we saw in game four just how good he is around the rim. We saw in the finals last year just how good he is. And if you want to go back two years ago, the loss of Kyrie Irving, you could, you could use yeah. that loss and say, well, that shows you how good Kyrie is. Kevin Love is shooting the lights out. What do we got? What's your pick for the NBA Finals? I like Golden State and seven. I think Kevin Durant is that difference maker. And as long as Draymond can play every game and not just be out one of their guys. But I'd like to say one thing about LeBron. I, he's, right. he's the best. He's the best player in the world. He's great. The one thing I don't like is all the praise he gets for going back to Cleveland. Because when you look at it, when his deal was up with Miami, Cleveland was in a better situation. They had three out of four number one overall picks. Kyrie Irving was already was right there with Dwayne Wade, if not better. So why would LeBron not go back to Cleveland? He's going to a better situation than Miami. So all that praise he gets for that, he was going to a better situation for himself. So... I don't think he, he deserves as much praise as he gets for going. Well, Come, they got Wiggins. They had yeah, Wiggins. but they they were gonna move for Love. Love and Irving at that point were definitely better than Bosch and Wade. Well, wait a minute. If but if you and think, then Tristan if you, Thompson was there already. But here's my argument. Here's my argument. If he stayed in Miami, they would have been able to put pieces 
They would have been able to add pieces. Peace, people would be dying to go play in Miami with LeBron James. You realize that. But people would die so that to would, go to Cleveland to do it, so, too. You but, see how but, the people but, are so, But that's my point. Anywhere LeBron was going to go was a was going to be a pre, is going to be a pretty good situation. I mean, let's say he went to LA and played for the Clippers. You know what we'd be doing right now? We'd be probably Damn, talking about the Clippers going to the, the finals. Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Come on, LeBron. Why do you go to the Clippers? About, yeah. We'd be talking about the Clippers versus the Celtics. Yeah. Doc Rivers versus the Celtics. Yeah. And Paul Pierce versus the Celtics yeah. in the NBA finals. But 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 I mean so LeBron, any situation he was going to go to was going to be a good situation. I think what he risked going to Cleveland was that, okay, you mentioned they're putting a good spot with number one overall picks, Kyrie Irving. Well, they, got, they had some young players. And, you know, I, I think that there was no guarantee for some of those other moves to happen. But I, I don't think there was anything that guaranteed they were— there was nothing that guaranteed they would win the moment he went to Cleveland— was anybody saying, "Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna be in the NBA Finals every year"? Were you? <laughs> yeah, he's right away. Not... No, I'm saying yeah. before they, before because they didn't, they, before they got love. I thought they would have been. Like, the, I thought they would have been the Eastern Conference champions if they kept Wiggins. I mean, it it was. I was wrong now, thinking they would have been better with Wiggins and Love. Yeah, but I'm saying they're so dominant right now. Like it's not even. It's laughable. Was yeah. it laughable at first before they played a game? I don't, I don't know what it was. I think we all knew they were pretty good and we're going to be a favorite to get out of the East. But I don't think it was like... I don't think... I, we, we didn't, people didn't look at it like an impossible, get, yeah. an impossible task to get out of the East if you were another team. Now it's an impossible task. You, you cannot get out of the East. You can't, based on the team that Cleveland's put together. All I'm saying is, I, I, I don't think it was... When they when he first went to Cleveland, I don't think it was the slam before he played a game before they made other moves. I don't think it was the slam dunk that they were this dominant and that it would be this laughable that they would get that they're guaranteed to be in the finals every single year. When are they not going to go to the NBA finals? This is what his seventh when straight LeBron, finals appearance. When LeBron hurt, gets hurt, that's insane. Yeah, and that's. I mean, they're going to the finals for the next. You, would you say LeBron's staying in Cleveland for at least the next? I don't see him leaving. You don't see I don't him leaving? see why he would. So they go to they go to the NBA Finals at least the next two, three years? The only thing that could even stop him is if the Celtics have this insane offseason. That, and that's the only thing that even gives the Celtics a, gives any other team. The only team that's going to have a chance is the Celtics, and that's if all these moves that we talk about come true, which probably isn't going to happen. And, that's, and Cleveland's still the favorite, even if you have Isaiah Butler, Hayward, Horford, and you bring in a good center. Even with that team, Cleveland's still the favorite, but it's not a guarantee that they're in the next three finals. Because, I mean, who knows? Somebody, I, I don't see LeBron ever getting hurt, but Kyrie or Love could probably get hurt again, and that might slow him down a little bit. That might make it Eastern Conference Finals to a Game 7. You don't think Durant's off and out? No. Uh, to leave, opting out to leave Golden State. He might opt out to sign a to, bigger to deal. To re-up and just stay there for long. But longer. you don't think he's leaving Golden State? I don't think so. Because I think it's something like that. It, it, it's, a, it's a monster move. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Anthony Davis coming to the Celtics. It's, um, you know, is it Butler and Haywood? Is that the thing? I mean, look, if you add Butler, or I'm not, honestly, I'm not a Golden Haywood guy. I think he's a really good player. 
I I don't look at him and think he's the guy that gets you over the top. I I I, I don't look at him and think that. Um, but it's like the Anthony Davis type, or yeah, you want to get crazy for a second? Here's what I'm kind of hoping for. I, here's where the NBA could get a little shake-up. Mm-hmm. Is if there was some type of beef between Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry said, you know what? I'm out. And left Golden I'm out. State. <laughs> and and uh, they came to the Celtics. <laughs> that's, I love that. That's like a, a dream scenario that I get is not going to happen mm-hmm. because I get a feeling that Steph Curry is all about winning and they went out and they wanted Kevin Durant, and now that he's there and he's winning, and I think Golden State, here's my prediction, Golden State wins in seven. Originally, I picked Golden State in six. But I I, I think Cleveland's good enough that this is going to go the distance, and I think the difference will be that game seven in Golden State. And, uh, you know, I think the Warriors will win, a champ- well, they'll win the championship, and I think Steph Curry is all about winning. But, you know, let's say something happens, and let's say they get to the finals and... Curry wants to take the big shot. Durant, what? They finally yeah. get a competitive series. They're like, who's taking the big fucking shot here? And and Steph Curry's like, you know what? Oh, you guys want Durant? All right, guess what? Let's see what's out there for me. Yeah. I, you know, this is just my... This yeah, is how, the, this is how we get, this is how we get the shakeup. Yeah. That's how the shakeup's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's either the Anthony Davis type monster move that puts him in a Celtics uniform with Isaiah Thomas, or... It's going to be some type of shake-up in, in Golden State where the superstars combust and they're like, oh, fuck this guy, fuck the other guy, and mm. I'm out of here. You know, I, I, it's, that's the type of shake-up that the league needs to maybe not guarantee us Cleveland-Golden State for the next, for the next three years. Hey, but well, I don't think that's going to happen. Steph's a free agent. Who knows? We'll see. All right, so you have Golden State. Seven. And seven. I have Golden State in seven. And that is our NBA Finals preview, and those are NBA Finals predictions. Uh, Brandon, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks uh, for having been a me, great, It's been a great Celtics season. You consider this as oh, a success. Absolutely. absolutely. They're way ahead of schedule. Well, it's a, you win 53 games, you get the one seed, you make it to the Conference Finals. It wasn't as competitive because Isaiah got hurt. Um, but still, I don't think any of us thought they were going to beat Cleveland, even if Isaiah was healthy anyways. So uh, a successful season for the Celtics, nonetheless. And uh, I will be back here breaking down the NBA Finals as it happens. Game one is on Thursday. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. This is a little special schedule here this week. I was out of town earlier this week. And as we head into the, to Memorial Day weekend, don't forget, two podcasts being released today. My State of the Red Sox address also at dannypicard.com on itunes google play stitcher tune in anywhere podcasts are available also on the podcast one network brandon have a great memorial day weekend thanks dan i'll be seeing you see ya